The political left, which includes, among others, socialists, Marxists, communists, progressives, one world government advocates, the UN, UNESCO, Agenda 21, Black Lives Matter, etc., have made a practice of denying their failures and deflecting blame onto those who don't agree with leftist ideology. So, true to form, these same leftists have successfully concocted an outrageous lie called the critical race theory. The left describes the critical race theory, CRT, as an intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings but a socially constructed, culturally invented, category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. Source, the Encyclopedia Britannica. The Simple Truth There seems to be some truth to the critical race theory, in that, it claims to be an intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings but a socially constructed, culturally invented, category. Calling it an intellectual movement is probably a stretch of meaning of intellectual, although there are some who consider themselves as intellectuals within the movement. There is some truth that racism may be a socially constructed, and a culturally invented category, but it was not, and I repeat, was not an invention to oppress and exploit people of color. Racism is the result of a myriad of social and cultural phenomena colliding in a mixed environment of greed, fear, ignorance, poverty and evil opportunism. Before going further, I want to point out that statements or ideologies which possess some truth means there are also some lies contained, therein. And, even half a truth is still a nothing but a lie. The lies of CRT and those who perpetrate those lies are reminiscent of an account from the book of Genesis in the Bible. In this account, Satan says to Eve, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Whereupon, Eve challenged Satan's half-truth, saying, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. Satan continued to challenge Eve with half-truths until Eve believed the lies and consumed the forbidden fruit. Consequently, Adam, and Eve, and all their descendants, became prisoners to the curse of sin and death. Even 50% truth is still a lie. It is true that some have been oppressed by racism? Yes, some. But, not all. Proponents of the critical race theory, also known as CRT, would have you believe that, not some, but, all black people have been oppressed by racism. Both then and now. But, that is just a blatant lie. There were, and are some opportunists who, by their own evil actions, and actions by the ignorant, fearful and the selfish among us, who would and have deliberately oppressed minority races for political advantage, economic gain or simply out of ignorance or hatred. But, there are many good people who fought against the evils of slavery and racism, as well. Racism has never been an invention to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. To say that was the case, is to ignore the fact of over 140 years of developing American society and history. It is true that Africans were kidnapped, brought to America and forced into slavery, and their conditions ranged from horrendous to unfair. Slavery was evil and, over time, was abolished by the very people being categorized as racist by the left. What followed the abolition of slavery, has been a long period of adjustment and correction. Slavery and racism, in the 1800s, was new to America but it was nothing new to the world. 
racism and slavery have been around since recorded time. Slavery in Muslim countries, for example, began as early as 610 BC and still exists in parts of the Muslim world today. Source, the Geller Report, but, those facts don't fit the narrative and goals of Marxism and the CRT. In America, however, the resentment, ignorance, selfishness from racism had were actually the seeds of abolition of American slavery, which, incidentally, influenced the rest of the world to follow our example. The long and difficult phenomenon of racial assimilation in America began to slowly evolve beginning around 1860. The task of racial reconciliation seems to have begun in earnest in the 1960s and continues until this day. It has been a complex and painful process and this is not the forum for a detailed study. So, I will say that unless you lived in America over the last 75 years, it is unlikely you can relate to the frustratingly slow process of reconciliation, with all its myriad social, political, cultural, economic and religious facets. Has there been cultural, social, economic and political exploitation of minority groups? Yes. But, that is the part of the struggle which has fueled racial assimilation of our society and long and arduous task of reconciliation. And, there has been progress and success in balancing the scales of opportunity and equality. The Fertile Soil The American systems of capitalism, free enterprise, free markets, entrepreneurship and the freedoms to pursue life, Liberty and happiness is codified in our Declaration of Independence, produces a competition which requires a certain level of excellence. Simply put, most of the poor and huddled masses arriving in America, whether by immigration or by slavery were not equipped or prepared for the American system. But, they had landed on the American soil which was fertile with potential, and offers the opportunity to train yourself and prepare to compete. Have minorities' races treated unfairly? Yes, many times. And, if you were among the minorities, you would probably have said, yes, all the times. Nonetheless, many people of minority race found freedom and opportunity in America, and this helps explain the continuing explosion of immigration to America, from all parts of the world, by all races, to this day. There is now, however, a new cry of discrimination, which has nothing to do with the civil rights movement slavery or racism. This new cry of discrimination has been extended from racial discrimination to any and every imaginable source which will sweep the agenda of the new Marxist and aid them in their evil notion of world conquest. It is important to acknowledge that Marxism is the antithesis to capitalism and the sworn enemy of Christianity and the Judeo-Christian ethos. Secondly, it is also important to acknowledge the goal of Marxism, found in the Ten Planks of the Communist Manifesto, 1848, by Karl Heinrich Marx. Although Marx advocated the use of any means, especially including violent revolution, to bring about his socialist global dictatorship, he suggested ten political goals for developed countries such as the United States. How far has the United States, traditionally the bastion of freedom, free markets, and private property, gone down the Marxist road to fulfill these socialist aims? You be the judge. The following are Marx's ten planks from his Communist Manifesto, in red text, and each plank followed by a notation of America's gradual fall into the grips of this murderous evil. 1. Abolition of private property and land and application of all rents of land to public purpose. The courts have interpreted the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 1868, to give the government far more eminent domain power than was originally intended, under the rubric of eminent domain and various zoning regulations, land use regulations by the Bureau of Land Management Property Taxes, and environmental excuses, Private property rights have become very diluted and private property and land is, vehicles, and other forms are seized almost every day in this country under the forfeiture provisions of the RICO statutes and the so-called war on drugs. 2. 
a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. The 16th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 1913, which some scholars maintain was never properly ratified, and various state income taxes, established this major Marxist coup in the United States many decades ago. These taxes continue to drain the lifeblood out of the American economy and greatly reduce the accumulation of desperately needed capital for future growth, business starts, job creation, and salary increases. 3. Abolition of all rights of inheritance. Another Marxian attack on private property rights is in the form of federal and state estate taxes and other inheritance taxes, which have abolished or at least greatly diluted the right of private property owners to determine the disposition and distribution of their estates upon their death. Instead, government bureaucrats get their greedy hands involved. 4. Confiscation of the property of all emigrants and rebels. We call it government seizures, tax liens, forfeiture Public Law 99-570, 1986, Executive Order 11490, Sections 1205, 2002 which gives private land to the Department of Urban Development, the imprisonment of terrorists and those who speak out or write against the government, 1997 Crime-slash-Terrorist Bill, or the IRS confiscation of property without due process. 5. Centralization of credit in the hands of the state, by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. The Federal Reserve System, created by the Federal Reserve Act of Congress in 1913, is indeed such a national bank and politically manipulates interest rates and holds a monopoly on legal counterfeiting in the United States. This is exactly what Marx had in mind and completely fulfills this plank, another major socialist objective. Yet, most Americans naively believe the U.S. of A. is far from a Marxist or socialist nation. 6. Centralization of the means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state. In the U.S., communication and transportation are controlled and regulated by the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, established by the Communications Act of 1934 and the Department of Transportation and the Interstate Commerce Commission, established by Congress in 1887, and the Federal Aviation Administration as well as Executive Orders 11490, 10999, not to mention various state bureaucracies and regulations. There is also the federal postal monopoly, Amtrak and Conrail, outright socialist, government-owned, enterprises. Instead of free market private entreprises in these important industries, these fields in America are semi-cartelized through the government's regulatory industrial complex. 7. Extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing into cultivation of wastelands, and the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. While the U.S. does not have vast collective farms, which failed so miserably in the Soviet Union, we nevertheless do have a significant degree of government involvement in agriculture in the form of price support subsidies and acreage allotments and land use controls. The Desert Entry Act and the Department of Agriculture, as well as the Department of Commerce and Labor, Department of Interior, the Environmental Protection Agency, Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Reclamation, Bureau of Mines, National Park Service, and the IRS control of business through corporate regulations. 8. Equal obligation of all to work. Establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. We call it the Social Security Administration and the Department of Labor. The national debt and inflation caused by the communal bank has caused the need for a two-income family. Woman in the workplace since the 1920s, the 19th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, assorted socialist unions, affirmative action, the Federal Public Works Program and of course Executive Order 11000. And I almost forgot, 
The Equal Rights Amendment means that women should do all work that men do including the military and since passage it would make women subject to the draft. 9. Combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the population over the country. We call it the Planning Reorganization Act of 1949, Zoning, Title 17-1910-1990, and Super Corporate Farms, as well as Executive Orders 11647, 11731, 10 Regions, and Public Law 89-136. 10. Free education for all children in government schools. Abolition of children's factory labor in its present form. Combination of education with industrial production, etc. etc. People are being taxed to support what we call public schools, which train the young to work for the communal debt system. We also call it the Department of Education, the NEA and Outcome-Based Education. For information and a brief history on socialism, communism and Marxism click here, Socialism to Communism. Very few Americans today challenge the establishment of Marxist institutions, and there are virtually no politicians calling for their repeal or even gradual phase-out. While the United States of America may still have more freedoms than most countries, we have lost many crucial liberties and are seeing our remaining freedoms eroded, almost daily. Our nation, whose founders included such individualists as Thomas Jefferson, George Mason, James Madison, John Adams, and Patrick Henry, has gradually turned away from the principles of individual rights, limited constitutional government, private property, and free markets and instead we increasingly have embraced the failed ideas and nostrums of socialism and fascism. But, it is not too late to reverse these burdens and win our nation back, but it will require each of us to make the necessary sacrifices, and to do our part. The enemies of America control most the entertainment industry, news media, and education, but we have the tremendous strategic advantage that the truth is on our side. John Adams correctly observed, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Our nation must return to the roots of belief in God through faith in Jesus Christ and to practice those accompanying principles, if we are to recapture the freedoms and the independence of our past. We can, and must, win this battle. There are good men and women geared up for the fight, but they cannot do it alone. You and I must make our sacrifices and join them at the battlefront. Your brother and friend. Mike Young. Further reading in preparation for action. Christianity and Communism? How to deal with Marxists in the Church. Socialism in the Church. Rebellion, Revolution, Reformation or Restoration.